Hi, I'm Joanna Bonaro, and I created a TV show called Good and Screwed, and out of that came these podcasts. Welcome to Terrace Truth Talkin'. I'm Joanna Bonaro, and today we have a guest host, Karen Abate. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. It's great to be here. And Karen is an award-winning creative director for the advertising agency Wonderman Thompson, she has created TV commercials, amazing TV commercials for some of the most famous brands, including Johnson & Johnson, Verizon, Unilever, Pfizer, and AT&T. So you're amazing. Well, thank you. And you know I'm the number one uh, fan of the jo- Joanna Bonaro fan oh, stop, club, stop. <laughs> who I have just the most amazing actress of of the big screen, the small screen, and whatever. Oh, stop. Thank and you. it's great to be here with this wonderful host. Yes. Uh, guest. Guest. Uh, guest. <laughs> so, uh, without much ado. Um, so, it's a new year, and this is our first episode of the new year. And this is... Uh, our philosophy episode. And under that, we're going to talk about new beginnings and forks in the road of one's career. And we have our wonderful guest, Anna Kepa Haas. And she is going to talk to us. She, she, I have known Anna for over a decade. Uh, but after doing some research on Anna, <laughs> she's, a, she's a Renaissance woman. Wait, she's simply an amazing, um, multi-talented individual. And I don't say that because I know and love her. You will see it for yourself. Um, Yogi Berra once said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. And that's exactly what Anna has done. When you come to a point in your life where you think of the various roads that you want to take, that you haven't taken, that you want to take, and um, sometimes they're scary, and sometimes you're just ready to take the plunge. And Anna has basically done that. She's very accomplished with a varied career. She has been an actress, which is how I originally know her, a director, producer, business executive, entrepreneur, and now is a vice president at CIT uh, with a trajectory Uh, That is uh, profoundly accelerated and amazing. She has an MFA from the Shakespeare Theater Academy for Classical Acting in Washington, D.C., under the direction of Michael Kahn. And she also, (laughs) amazing, (laughs) has an MBA from NYU Stern School of Business for Finance Finance and Operations. Yeah. Um, She's originally from Latvia. And she is trilingual, which I'm really jealous <laughs> about, in English, Latvian, and Russian. So, without further ado, uh, Anna, welcome, yes, first of thank all. You. Thank you so much for joining thank us you. today. Thank you. It's very, very exciting. And um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, it's interesting. I um, I always think about those the forming kind of moments in your life. So you gave me such a great introduction. So I, I think I'll just mention where I come from because that I think that's important to for our later discussion to understand sort of my philosophy in life. Um, as Joanna said, I was born in Latvia. 
uh, my mother is now a retired cardiologist, and my dad, he passed away some years ago, but he, he was a professor of theoretical mechanics. I will not go into discussing what that means. <laughs> but um, as I was growing up, uh, a large political shift happened. Uh, I, was, I was born under uh, Soviet Union, in Soviet Union, uh, and then in as the changes happened, the Berlin Wall fell, and then Latvia regained independence um, in a very sort of turbulent uh, um, shift of events from 1989 through 1993. I was just a little child. Um, and I think that's one of the first forming moments, I mean, forming moments before that, too, experiencing communism, all, all that. But it's really, you know, seeing seeing the political shift and as a little child actually understanding what that means and understanding the that you as a country, we had such a tiny um, sort of fickle, tiny slither of time to make some critical decisions to regain independence, that was one of one of those forming moments that I always go back to and I always remember. You know, you have those few things that kind of like flash in your head that have formed you, and that's that's one of those. Um, so, and then from then on, then I grew up, and then I decided to move to United States. So I moved to Los Angeles to go to film school. When I was, I don't know, 18, 19. Well, that's just interesting. Two I'm little sure. suitcases in hand. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure my parents, you know, going through a panic attack and being very upset that I moved so far away. But, uh, yeah, and then I... Well, it's it's those... It, first of all, that's very interesting, you know, having been born in America. I mean, I'm a first generation, but still... Um, I, for, I've never known anyone who actually experienced anything like that, you know, growing up in that Russian-occupied uh, society, basically. Um, but also when we talk about what molds you and, and what stays with you as a young child, mm -hmm. and those perhaps uh, experiences that are not always so positive, but then you take... One of the things that I've always... What, what always... I found remarkable when I first met Anna, and we were paired up to do something from a Shakespearean scene, and we always pretended and said, ah, these men, these men, but we we, <laughs> we laugh about it to this day. But what, what was remarkable about Anna was that she could always turn uh, a negative into a positive, and that's, I think, from her upbringing, is that she she had had an inner strength that I always admired. And found humor and, and a strength that I always admired. I think I became tangential right now. But um, she, how it pertains to, to this podcast is in order to transition from one career to, an, to the next, you have to find inner strength. And I think your formative years gave you inner strength. So... Let's talk about now you're coming to America with, let's go back to your two, two suitcases. <laughs> My two suitcases. Yeah, so I got on a flight um, and from Latvia traveled to, I think I flew to Helsinki and then from Helsinki to New York and then to Los Angeles. My two suitcases, I knew one person in Los Angeles through a friend of my, my mother's and that was it. 
and it was terrifying, but it was also exciting because it was there were possibilities and they were unknown possibilities, but it was thrilling to figure out what they could be. Um, and and that sort of has driven me the entire life to figure out what it is, what are those chances that you can take? And I believe I strongly believe that if you don't take those chances, then you never know what could have been. And then you always wonder, oh, I maybe should have done this, and I never did it. So, I I I, I would strongly advise everybody, and you know, of course, if it's legal, <laughs> to do anything <laughs> illegal. But you know, those trips or things that you really want to do, or or people you want to meet or see things, experience life, you should just grab it and do it. Because, and I actually that brings me to my when my dad passed away, my mother pulled me aside and she said, you know. Keep doing what you're doing. Doesn't matter what it is, um, but experience life because you know before you know it, life will have passed before your eyes, and you will be very upset that you didn't take that bull by the horns and you experience things. So that that drives me every day, the the possibilities and um, the excitement of life, and you know there there are drawbacks there. Moments that upset you, but you kind of have to navigate through those quickly because there's always, I believe, I'm an eternal optimist that there's that shining light on the other side. You just have to go through that door and figure it out and find it. That's, and it's, it will it's so true. She really is. She's just not saying she's she's an eternal optimist. She is. That's what I love about her. Oh my God, I'm always like glass half empty. So to hear this is so exciting. I mean, to be around Anna is like being around um, multiple suns in the universe. <laughs> now, Anna, when you chose Los Angeles, was that to be an actress, or is it because you just knew someone there? No, I I didn't. That one person, but I applied to different schools, including England. Uh, I I focused on the English language speaking countries, of course. Um, so f- there was United States, there was England, and and I wanted to go to a f- good film school. So once I was accept- expect- accepted into a few programs, I decided, well, where does film happen? Los Angeles, I should go. I should go where film world is taking place. So that took me to L.A. Yeah. And, and I know you met a lot of interesting people in L.A., but we, we won't, we're not really talking yeah. about that today. So, um, and then you came to New York. I did. And you were acting in New York, and you have a very impressive acting resume. Uh, and yeah, you also... And then soon after, I went to Washington, D.C., because I, I really, what I decided, what excited me, again, I was just chasing down what is it that excites me. And I realized that Shakespeare classics, Jacobean uh, theater excited me. So I, I actually auditioned for Juilliard, <laughs> where Michael I met Michael Kahn. And Michael Kahn said, well, you should come to the uh, Academy for Classical Acting in Washington, D.C., so then I did a quick audition there, and I decided to follow him to, to Washington. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made. It was, it's, and it continues to be. Michael Kahn just retired from Shakespeare Theater, but it continues to be one of the most exciting programs I, I believe there is for classical acting. And so, and, and I think that helped you from my knowledge of, about you, the trajectory of, of your career um creatively that helped you not only with the acting but then you went into directing and um just tell us quickly about that uh because you wanted to branch out 
not only to be an actor but a director and yeah, what really, the education helps you. At, at that time, what was happening, I think, in my head was that I, I love acting, always have, but I realized that there's something more and it was and as I was trying to figure out what it was, which eventually I figured out figured out that it was actually producing. It was making things happen. Actually mm-hmm. being behind the scenes and solving problems. And that will then we'll talk about how that leads into banking. Yeah. But um so I realized that actually I was happier off stage making sure that those who are on stage and doing things have everything that they need and the production is going smoothly. Um, so that's how that led me into then directing, because at that point I was just searching. I was trying to figure out what it is that's, you know, what it is that I'm looking for. Um, and that also led into producing. It led into um, uh, directing some plays, directing um, and getting into physical theater and also teaching um, and through that journey, then I discovered that and, and and creating some theater companies and putting on shows. And through that journey, then I realized that that's what I really love. I just love being a producer or solving the problems, creating things. Um, so but that I yeah. think is 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 cr- a critical self-assessment. And it, it's helpful to, I believe, listeners, because someone else might say, well, I thought I wanted to do this my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've done ABCD uh, to be an actress. I've spent all these years doing it. And I should just keep on doing you know it what, because. And that yeah. would actually hold someone back as opposed to what you did was use it as a building block for something else. Yeah. And you also, you know, what I realized what was holding me back from actually making that transition to producing directing earlier was exactly what you just said, that I've spent so many years, because I've been acting since I was a little kid, uh, that I should continue this. By all means, I should continue. So I actually called my mother. And I said, Mom, Mom, <laughs> will you be very upset if I do something else? And she said, no, you're great at this, but you could do all these other things. You should do what you love to do. And I said, really? Because you, you've invested in me. My parents, I mean, they're supporting me. And she said, no, we are supporting you for whatever you want to do. Just go, go do it. And that, I think, I needed that permission yes. from my mother, my parents, to say yes, go for it. Isn't it parents? And who that was kind say, of like yes. this rock on my yes. head. Yeah, well, because parents ultimately, you, you always think, well, my parents wanted me to do this, yeah. and my parents will so be proud true. of me only if I do that. Mm-hmm. And your parents ultimately go back and say to you, I just want you to be happy. Yes. And if you're yeah. happy doing that, <laughs> then I'm happy. At least a lot of parents tend <laughs> they, to, they, you know, and, and you, you, you go back and you're like, oh, okay, well, good. <laughs> I don't need to worry about that anymore. But <laughs> so, um, yeah, because one of my questions was also when you're when you're looking to what what you were really good at and you continue to be is you you take your experiences and you use them as building blocks, right? Um, and, and so, but somebody might say, well, what happens if I made a mistake? If I choose a path that turns out to be not right for me, I thought it was going to be right for me, but it's not. That's okay. I think that's a journey. It's all a learning experience. You know, is I, I was thinking about, well, I could have listened more to my dad and went to business school when I was, you know, 18, but I didn't. 
So I then embarked in this journey of self-discovery, really, mm. filled with opportunities, only then to later realize that, hmm, I should go get an MBA and go into business. Well, that's what I, I think like, is fascinating. I should have listened to my dad. But then again, I, sh I probably it was better because I would have been a different person. And I would have never experienced all these fabulous things and met fascinating people um, that probably then shaped me who I am. So let me ask you, uh, th there was a time where we, we had lost touch mm -hmm. and you became uh, the COO of Kettles and yeah. Company. So you were transitioning mm -hmm. and... Was it during the time when you were the COO of Kettles and Company that you decided to get your MBA? In? It was. It was kind of a, running a company. I had to learn what I have to do. I just learned by the seat of my pants. Oh, and by the way, guys, I don't know the answers to some of these questions. Yeah. So I don't want you to think this <laughs> no, is but planned. I, I, yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's all impromptu. Yeah. Um, but it. my husband, actually, my husband, Jonathan, he's been incredibly supporting, as have all my friends. <laughs> and he said, you know, you're really good at this stuff. And I was like, yeah, but there's so many things that I just don't know. So maybe I should go and learn about those things that I don't know. So that's how the business school came up, because I was like, I should really go and learn the language of business, learn you know, all these details that I now see that they are there and I'm making them up and learning about them. But I should just immerse myself into a program with other like-minded people who are in the business and learn more about it, learn more about just the financial world so I have a better understanding. And that's what I did. Um, well, you've role. always had a very curious, inquisitive mind. That's what I love about and, her. And to listeners, you should never lose it. Never. Don't never be be a child. Actually, my uh, my uh, father in law, he always I always asked him how he was a CEO of Sealy Posturpedic for many years, and he said I never cease to be the little boy, the explorer, and or the little you know little girl. That's how I think about it. You know, we're growing up, but just keep that curiosity, never lose it. That's what's fabulous the about you. Yeah. And you've, there seems to be no mistakes in you. It seems like you don't there look are, at it as mistakes. It's all part of the journey. There are mistakes, but it's part of the journey. So yes. you make mistakes. And, uh, you know, I, th I think when I was in my 20s, I, I, I saw the mistakes, but maybe I wasn't as good, uh, you know, learning from them. But now, it's, you know, as I'm getting older, I think I'm then looking back what it was and, and, and still they're shaping, shaping me again. I'm learning from those mistakes and trying to do better. So I don't look at it as, oh my God, I failed. Now I'm under the table for months and crying. It's like, okay, I failed at something. So now how do we fix it? That's great. I mean, it's funny because one of the questions we we're going to ask is what your biggest failure was, but it sounds like you don't think of it as failures. Well, no, I don't think I think of them as opportunities to do something, to do it better. You know what's funny? I've read articles about that, and I read that in articles, and I'm like, oh, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to say. And here we have a living, breathing individual, and I'm telling you, she genuinely does do that. So there's one talk, thing talk that a little I'm, bit yeah, more about, about that. Yeah. Well, for example, it's you know I won't go into all these other failures, but one, and it's kind of a light one, is 
I know three languages, but I would like to know more. And I should have learned them when I was a kid. When I had these great opportunities in school, we had French. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to learn French. Or there was Spanish or there was German. And I'm, uh, so now I go, why didn't I do it? Because now every year it just gets harder and harder. And that's something I desperately want because I, I love to travel. I love it. And it's, it's so fascinating when you go to a country and you can actually understand what everybody's saying and have a conversation and understand the culture. And, and that's what I, I, I would love to do more. So I have a smattering understanding of some other languages, you know, so I wouldn't get lost, but I would really want to be conversational in more of them. So I was like, well, fine. So I'll just go take a class and, and, and learn more languages. So there's the, the one thing that you never did, but you can fix it. Right. What a great attitude. I know. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> well, it's not amazing. It's you. <laughs> Thank you, Joanna. <laughs> so you become so you go so you're a CEO at Kells and Company, and then you decide uh, what because then you transition not transition but you decide to change jobs, and you become the executive director at New York Theater Ballet Theater Ballet, yeah. which is kind of when we reconnected at some mm -hmm. point. Yeah. So what happened then was I realized that's when I realized I should be in in business in leadership positions. I, I went and obtained my MBA and it, it became natural that the the New York Theater Ballet job because I was in entertainment. So it was sort of a fluid transition. I got recruited um, by New York Theater Ballet to come and work for them. So I did. Um, and it was because of Kettles and Company um, New York Theater Ballet, that's when I started to realize because I was getting into more more of just the business aspects of it, not the, not the, the entertainment not portion of it. So I realized that, you know what, I should now pursue something that I actually trained for at NYU. It's very heavily finance-driven. And that's, that's how then the, the banking opportunity came up and it it came not because I think not because of the entertainment background, because I layered on top the the MBA, the actual the real business world understanding, and and that again was this is a fabulous opportunity. It's very exciting. So I was like, yes, let's go for it. But what is interesting is that a lot of times you read business articles, you read Forbes magazine. I mean, before I I transitioned from the cosmetic industry. To back to acting, you know, you're, you're entrenched in, in everything business-like or what have you. And they talk about your one-year plan, your three-year plans, your five-year plans, which I always found uh, a bit disingenuous mm -hmm. because unless it was a purely financial thing for budgets, et cetera, uh, and w which are, are necessary. But as far as career goes, they need to be very broad, uh, but for transitioning uh, or it's hard to have a five-year plan mm -hmm. how am I going to transition because a lot of times one doesn't really plan for these transitions they're very organic right uh, you know your your life changes in such a way either positive or negative that I think is is not the issue it's just something um, a catalyst occurs inside you 
mm-hmm. or through your life and you say, okay, or just an opportunity comes up. Yeah. And yeah. so that's not part of your, let's say, plan. So for you, it was very, it was very it's organic. organic. I think all, everything in my life has been organic because I never planned. I never wrote down, okay, now this day I'm going to do that. And then in one year I will do that. You know, I kind of had a general idea of where it's probably going, but I, you know, like going and transitioning into banking, I had no idea. I thought maybe that's where I, I would end up. But I had no idea how it could or would happen. It's kind of the, just the opportunity comes and you either grab it or you don't. I so I always, I'm just always, I like saying yes. I was just going to say that. It sounds like you like saying yes. I do. And sometimes you get overwhelmed because you're saying yes. <laughs> but it's also very exciting. So you you just figure out how, you know, how you're going to handle it. Um, and what do you think are the biggest risks in that you've taken? The risks, I, that's what I think my move, move away from, from Latvia was the, the biggest, biggest risk. Quite. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you're so young. It's sort of you're moving away into the unknown, you know. So what it's, was your safety net? Because even though we're talking about you and you're so young and you don't know anyone, so I'm just thinking, I'm putting, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just imagining I'm young Anna yeah. and I don't know anyone and I'm full of hope and, and wonder and adventure and experience because you acted and, uh, and maybe one or two, you know, six degrees, three degrees of separation <laughs> connection, you know, recommendations. And then here you are, you arrive in the airport, you're in LA, you're here and then wonderful, but things happen. What was your safety net? And I think that can be utilized at any age when you're starting something new. Like, what would you say? Oh my God, I was petrified. Yeah. (laughs) But but they say, you know, what there's, wait, there's a, there's a saying Mm. that I, and I was trying to prepare for this. And I, I like this saying, it kind of caught my eye. It's a, it's by from Bethany Hamilton, and mm-hmm. I think she might be a surfer. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm sorry, Bethany, but I love your quote. <laughs> um, Courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let fear stop you. Right. It's right. Very true. Absolutely. Because yeah. you're uh, you're afraid all probably all the time. I remember going on stage and being petrified, and then you just keep going. You just get through it. But back to arriving in L.A., I I only knew one person. And I, I didn't really think that I would stay in the United States. I thought I would go through my education and then I would go back. But uh, that supposedly never happens. You just, you know, because then you get, you have friends, you have relationships, all this stuff. Your mm-hmm. life happens, especially when you're 18 years old. Um, and then you, you just stay. So you kind of build that safety net, I guess, you know. And there's always the safety net of your family that's a little far away. But they're always there for you. It sounded like they encouraged you. It sounded like yeah. mom would have been, yeah, go for it. So basically, I think the safety net also for when you're older is I think one needs to identify the safety net. So it's not only your family, let's say, but if perhaps you don't have the most supportive family, then there have there have to be colleagues who are supportive. Yeah. There have to be uh 
your your influencers of some sort that are supportive there if you have to maybe get a coach and put off whatever the transition is that you want to make um your coach or a life coach or even a therapist can be can provide some support system so if if financially you may have to invest in that but it's worth the investment because i think i have i have personally found through life that the confidence is one of the most important assets yeah. that can take you through life and help you over and give you the courage to overcome the fear or at least mask it for a while until mm-hmm. you know fake it till you, you make, make it, it. Yeah. Uh, and and so you one needs to find that support system yeah absolutely and sometimes you find people i know like well like you joanna Thank you. And known for so many years. But there are people like that who maybe you don't see them for long periods of time. And then you see them again. And it's like you never got separated, you know? Yeah. Um, well, those are my and that's wonderful, most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if, you know, that person would call you in the middle of the night after, I don't know, I haven't seen them for 15 years. You it wasn't would, that long. No, or, or <laughs> 10 years or five years. It doesn't matter. I'm really I'm just taking the long yeah. But you, that, that you just know that you're going to jump in a cab and go to their yeah, that's rescue. True. Exactly. That's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, let's, uh, you, you then transitioned, and I, I keep on saying this because you do have a lot of transitions, but I they do. all built. I, I think that's important for this podcast and what our theme mm-hmm. is and, and talking about forks in the road and new beginnings. They were new, but they, they are, there's, there are building blocks here. And, you know, when they yeah. say in those nefarious articles I'm talking about <laughs> uh, that, you know, what are you, – you self-assess and yes. you say – what is it that I do know? So maybe I don't have, let's say I'm older. I'm in, you know, I'm over 40, mm-hmm. right? Because that's really who's listening, most of the people who yeah. are listening to this podcast, right? And uh, either maybe I've been a stay-at-home mom for a while, or, you know, I don't have those computer skills. And But what you do have is you have organizational skills. Mm-hmm. You have prioritizing skills. You have the ability to manage people's skills. You have team building skills. You have skills that perhaps a 25-year-old just won't have because of life mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those are the skills that when you are presenting yourself to an organization. Right. Now, some people may not value that. And so therefore, that's then you're, obviously that's not the organization that you yeah. that mm-hmm. you go to. But those are the skills that at least initially you look at and say, because then that gives you confidence, mm-hmm. that, that gives you the building. And that's in many ways like what you did along with saying, I'm, I'm curious, I'm interested, this is what I like, and this is where the pockets that need to be filled in that I still like. So now I'm going to get a finance MBA. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that there's so many different classes, you know, not everybody has to go get an MBA from NYU Stern. Right. It just depends what you need. There are different, you know, classes in libraries and, you know, for computer skills and community classes. It just depends. I think you have to find the direction or what you would like to do and then figure out what it is that you need to equip yourself with you kind of your little bag of tricks and tools and what tools do you have in there? And you probably 
have more than you think you do. Because we all, everybody, you know, even I look at myself and go, oh, I don't know this and this and that. But then when you really dig deep, you probably know more than you think you, you do. And then you look at, well, what is it that I don't know? Or what is it that I need to have on my resume so these people would look at me? And then you go and you acquire these tools and put them on there. And through that, you probably also meet people who then go, hey, this is a really great person. Because really, I think at the end of the day, it's also, of course, there are skills that you need to have to do a certain job, but it's also, will the people want to work with you? You know, mm -hmm. it's about... Likeability. Because they'll, yeah. you spend many hours with these people, you know, you spend probably more at work than at home. That's true. And you, you want to work with people whom you like, who are, you know, easier to get along with. And, you know, you can rely on them to because they're different problems that you have to solve. So, you know, it's kind of that tools and who you are as a as a human being. And I think I wanted to bring something up because. Um, when when I was producing my my TV pilot and Anna and I met for coffee and we reconnected. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. On. 42nd <laughs> coffee place. <laughs> we were like, let's meet. Okay, we did. And she started to share what she was doing and I was telling her what I was doing. And and I needed a producer and Anna said, okay, I'll produce. And I was like, thank you, God, from heaven. Because <laughs> I knew, I knew Anna's work ethic. I knew she was extremely intelligent. I knew, you know, everything that she had done, both as an actress um, I knew directing and producing, and, I, and, I, and we were talking about Kettles and Company and New York Theater Ballet and everything, and, and also the likability, and the, and that's yes. it. And it's the yes, and of course we had we had a great friendship, and yeah. the energy was the same. And I'm I'm really, I mean, I I have a really, if I say so myself, I'm I'm like a workaholic work ethic, mm -hmm. so I really love work ethic in other people, and. And Anna, Anna is, has just an amazing work ethic. And I think when you find someone who's both likable and has an amazing work ethic, that makes all the difference. And, and not only for what you're doing, but then when you want to recommend them for something else. Yeah. So I, I think know, that builds. I think, I think it, it does. Yeah, it and, and, and people, I know that when we were finally on set, first of all, thank you, Anna. I could have never accomplished <laughs> what you. I accomplished for my TV series if you hadn't helped me help produce it. I couldn't, I couldn't have. So I just want to put that out there to the world. Just wouldn't have happened um, without Anna Kep Haas. <laughs> Thank you, Dylan. Uh, is, is that, you know, the likability and, and the, the work ethic are noticed then by people that you may not realize are looking. And that can lead to job opportunities. And I think... And you don't know it, but yeah. it does. That's true. And that's why I think, you know, when we go around our lives, we should be who we are. You know, we shouldn't act at something and be, pretend to be who we're not. Just because we think maybe somebody's looking, because you don't. You should just be yourself. Um, there's one more trait, really, that I think is incredibly important as you're talking about, you know, all this. Loyalty. Mm. Yes. In my book, loyalty is like, it goes, it's hand in hand with all these other things. I know, me too. Yeah, <laughs> me so too. true. Yeah. Genuine, genuine 
loyalty. Genuine loyalty. And it's rare. It's very yeah. rare. Because that's what Dad um, used to talk about all the time. Respect and loyalty. And I was like, yeah. oh, Dad, oh, Dad. And now I'm like, <laughs> respect oh. and loyalty. loyalty. <laughs> we become our parents. <laughs> yeah, because it's one of those where, you know, when if I see fake loyalty, that just really bugs me. Mm. It's either, you know, it's just loyalty, 100%. Yeah. So I want to um, be a megaphone also for for Anna. So Anna is now uh, at at CIT Bank and uh, is on the fast track and is now a vice president after two years. Well, she's been a vice president for a while now, right? About a year. Yeah. About a year. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm... Something, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say wrong? Nothing. What did I say? No, n- nothing. I've been a vice oh, president for okay. a, about a year, yeah. Um, and she won a very... She was nominated for and won a very prestigious and coveted award mm-hmm. called, and I have it I in can my help notes. You. Why yeah. don't you help say us. what it was? <laughs> because I think this is one of the, thus far in her accomplished life, one of the, I think, I'm so proud of her. When I found it was, out, it was really you have to understand, I'm like her older sister, aunt, surrogate, American mom. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Big fan. When I found out about this, I got chills. So, but you you say it correctly. Yeah. Uh, it's called the Women's Bond Club 2019 Rising Star Award. Yeah. Wow. It's a big deal. It's, that it's is a big the, deal. The, the premier preeminent organization for women in financial services industry, the Women's Bond Club, and um, different financial uh, service companies, they're participants in the Women's Bond Club, and CIT Group is one of them. Uh, and I was nominated uh, to be the, the CIT Group's 2019 Rising Star and it was very exciting event. Jonathan came with me, and we had uh, our CEOs there, and all the executives, and you, you parade out along with all the other rising stars. And you and this is in a, a pool of not just in. You see, the reason why it's really special is yeah. not just within the organization. It's it's with so what first thing is within the organization, but and, then and then you are amongst. A, I think I don't know. There were about fifty, sixty people across all the all the financial service that's why, uh, yeah, that's, organizations. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, the large companies. So th- and that you was won. very exciting. <gasps> yeah. So wow. Proud it mama was, here. <laughs> it was. It was just. It was. It was a wonderful event. Yeah. Was that a highlight? Was that one of the highlights or the highlight of your career? It. I think it was one of the top highlights. Okay. It was definitely, it was, I just, I was just so very proud and also, you know, that kind of loyalty representing CIT group and, and being their rising star for the year. It just, yeah, it was an wow. amazing moment. So I have one last question and then we'll go into our closing. Yes. But this has been very interesting what a fascinating yeah yes oh i also as a aside i want everyone to know that uh i can't flirt to save my life and anna <laughs> anna taught me how to flirt when we were at rada oh i think that's another whole podcast it's a whole nother skill set <laughs> joanna i've perfected my skills i'm yes. much more subtle these days yes yeah, she's but i still but she flirt. was very good at it and, this and is, to the listeners you should flirt now and then doesn't matter if you're married or not no it's mm-hmm. a very healthy thing <laughs> do it 
That's <laughs> another whole like vitamin C. And she's very flourish. happily married. And my husband so, knows that. Yes, so it's she's, fine. She's very happily married. So this is not an, in any way, uh, you know, a negative thing. And I'm happily married. So it's a, it's not a negative thing. It's just like I, she was like, she would, she, I, I would see her flirt and I would be like, how do you do that? I don't know. So anyway, Anna. <laughs> yeah. Anna. I just thought I'd put a little more. Yeah. I just less serious. Mm-hmm. Um, what does, in your life now, what does success mean to you? <laughs> it's interesting. It's, um, and it kind of goes with what excites me, I think. Because, you know, success, there's climbing the, the ladder, you know, going from vice president to the next step and up and up the organizational ladder you can go but it's also i think i think of success as what what ultimately will makes me happy in life and if i have done all those things you know so of course there's work success that's one thing and of course i'm looking forward to growing through the organization and doing bigger and better things which is very exciting and of course it's going to be very successful hopefully but then there is a, a success in life. And what does that really mean? And I, 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 I look at it as, you know, and it might sound sort of cliche and sort of funny, but I truly believe it. It's about if I can actually uh, be helpful to other people. Can I help my friends? It's, and that's where it kind of gets less about me and my big ego, I guess. And, and it becomes my friends, my family, other people. It's about the, the possibilities. And it's about if I have taken chances and traveled down that road less traveled so that at the end of life, I look back and instead of going, oh, I should have done all those things, but I never did them and wonder what could have been, but instead actually taking those chances, doing things and, 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 and whether they turn out great or they don't, but you've done them. And I think that's very important. And that's kind of, if I think about success, it's, it's the success in, in life, success in business, in the career. Of course, there are aspirations of you know, leading companies and doing all that stuff. But then there's the, the life success. And I think that that's some, that's, that's incredibly important to not forget about your life because we all work long hours and, and do great things. But then when you're, you know, 95, hopefully, hopefully 9,500, what is it that made your life successful? I think that's important. Or enriched. Enriched. Exactly. Yeah. So um, no did regrets. You live, yeah. Did you live a full life where you were kind of just along for the ride, or yeah. were you driving things? Were you participating? Did you full put full muscle into it and 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 do great things? Great. So well, I don't thank know. you. When what I'm a great answer. I'll tell you All that. right. I hope I'm <laughs> around. I think yeah. you're on the right track for I'm, yes. So do I. Yeah. <laughs> Dynamo. Thank you so much. But we have three questions oh, to ask yes. you that we end every segment. Okay. And these are just instinctual. You don't, okay. it's not a long answer. Okay. okay. I mean, it could be, but it's really, you could say it with one word. Okay. Yeah, so. What excites you now? Possibilities. Perfect. Right. <laughs> like and, and what about what steams you? Um, what steams me? Cowardice. Forgetting friends. I mean, forgetting, sort of talking out of the both sides of your mouth, 
and people who have fake loyalty. That really gets to me. Okay. Good answer. And I don't know if we even need this last question because I think you've been doing it the whole podcast. So I'm going to just say what the question is and say I think Anna's answered it unless you have something to add. Okay. Okay. What advice would you give younger women of today? Grasp life by its whatever it is, horns? What's the <laughs> <laughs> And go forward. Be positive. Um, have the can-do attitude. Don't say no. And just always, because I know they're painful moments and it's hard to, you know, to always be all cheerful. And I'm definitely not all cheerful all the time, but that's when I'm ruminating and thinking about, well, what the solution could be. So I think you should try to always look at what's behind that door and where can you, where can you go? What's, what's, what will be the next step? Yes, I fell down, but now I have to get up and get up quicker because longer you're you're staying down the harder it gets to get up i think now you know why i love her right Right. what a great answer i know i feel like i've learned so much amazing (laughs) thank you can i grow up and you be my mentor (laughs) (laughs) okay sure anytime Okay, and now we have a book recommendation. Karen is, has a wonderful book that you're going to recommend. Yeah, it's a great book. I encourage you all to read it. It's called Influence, uh, The Psychology of Persuasion, and it's by uh, Dr. Robert Cialdini, and it's basically how to persuade people. Um, and in one quick thing, if you persuade, if you want someone to do something for you, you start off by doing something for them. That's mm-hmm. one of the ways. I like yeah. That. Okay. And so we will close our wonderful beginning of 2020 segment with our motto, Remember, Remember kindness, kindness Counts. Is this a 